When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all. Looking to bring it open. He's got it. Snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we've got some breaking news. The New York Jets have re-signed Quinton Williams to a contract extension. We're going to get into all the details and what it means for the Jets Second day in a row that we've got breaking news and second day in a row that we're going to talk about it with our friend who's the editor over at JetNation.com, Mr. Glenn Naughton. Glenn, what's up, brother? Good day to be a Jets fan. I'll tell you what, man. It's just one thing after another. Uh, Finally got this thing done. And, uh, you know, there can't be a, a sane Jets fan on the planet who isn't thrilled about this news. You have to say, Robert Sala really sort of hung himself out on a limb when he was at minicamp and asked about Quentin Williams and he said, he'll be here. We're going to get this done before training camp and basically guaranteed it. And sure enough, they came through and got the deal done. He must've had an inkling that this thing was closer than most people thought. And so Quentin Williams now back in the fold, we're going to get into what this means for the jets, the particulars of the contract and all of that. But ultimately this is the piece the jets had to have. You can talk about sauce Gardner but I still think Quentin Williams is the best player on this defense and the most important player on this defense. You saw what Bill Barnwell posted. The Jets went from 31st to 1st in sack percentage when Quentin Williams was on the field. He is just a tremendous difference maker. He makes everything so much easier for the edge rushers. He makes everything so much easier for the defensive backs when he gets into that backfield so quickly. And, of course, he's a tremendous run defender as well, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. We'll get into the specifics of what he really means for this defense, the nitty-gritty. But, Glenn, they had to get this done before training camp, and they did. So kudos to Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, and everybody involved in getting this contract extension done. We're going to get into the money and all of that. But Robert Sala knew that this was the key piece for the defense. 
Jeff Ulbrich did too. If you remember, Jeff Ulbrich compared Quinnen Williams to Bryant Young. And if you don't remember Bryant Young, he was a defensive tackle in the San Francisco 49ers back in the 90s. He was picked early in the first round out of Notre Dame. And he and Dana Stubblefield were the two mm. most dominant defensive tackles in the league at one point, and the Niners had both of them. Bryant Young, a four-time Pro Bowler, one of the best interior defensive linemen I've ever watched, and he is now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So Jeff Ulbrich, who played with Bryant Young in San Francisco, he compared Quinnen Williams to his old teammate. And if Quinnen Williams can continue on that trajectory, I think Jets fans will be very happy and it will lead to excellent results. Yeah, I can't remember how long ago it was, Scott, but I I recall you and I doing a mailbag and someone asking about Quinn and Williams, and I couldn't remember the exact numbers, but I said that earlier in the day I'd seen a tweet about the difference having Quinn and Williams, the difference it makes for the Jets having Quinn and Williams on the field, and the number popped up again today from 31st to 1st in the NFL in pass rush success, which is just I mean, for one player to have that impact is really just ridiculous. I've said it many, many times. I said it all through last year. I've said it a million times this offseason. I really feel like this defense, Quinnen and the cornerbacks are what make this things go. What makes this thing go is Quinnen's ability to eat up blockers up front. Even when he's not making plays, he's creating those opportunities for other guys and those corners can lock down and force those quarterbacks to have to hold on to the ball a little bit longer than they want to or have to get rid of it quicker because those D linemen are bearing down on them with Quinn and Williams leading the way. It's a huge deal to get this, get this contract out of the way before preseason kicks off. And, and it, if, listen, we know anything can happen. Guys can dip in production, miss time, whatever. But I, you know, the, the reason I've said that if this team got Aaron Rodgers, I believe they are a Super Bowl contender is not just Aaron Rodgers, but because of what Quinn and Williams in the corners bring, it's going to be really tough for opposing quarterbacks to light this defense up. And with Rodgers on board, we're expecting a lot of points. So I think that's, that's what makes this team a contender for a deep playoff run of Super Bowl appearance. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. The Jets are the only team in the NFL right now that have two players that are in the top 12 in odds to win Defensive Player of the Year. Sauce Gardner is number five at plus 1,500, and Quinton Williams is number 12 at plus 3,000. And the Jets arguably are the only team in the NFL right now that has not one, but two elite defensive players in their prime. Sauce Gardner entering year number two, Quentin Williams entering year number five. And so to have an elite interior pass rusher up front and an elite cornerback to be able to team together is incredible. People forget the Jets did have Muhammad Wilkerson and Darrell Revis. The problem is Darrell Revis and Muhammad Wilkerson weren't in their prime at the same time. When Muhammad Wilkerson really hit his stride was when Darrell Revis came back the second time in 2015. 
But Darrell Revis was not the same guy when he came back the second time. And then, of course, the next year, everything went south for both Revis and Wilkerson, and everything sort of imploded on that team. But when Darrell Revis was at his best, they didn't have a guy like Muhammad Wilkerson, who was an absolute dominator. People think back to Muhammad Wilkerson, mm. and now they think about what he turned into. But before he got paid, Muhammad Wilkerson was an elite player on the interior. I think Quentin Williams can be even better than what Muhammad Wilkerson was at his best. And Sauce Gardner, I don't know if I would say he's necessarily going to be better than Revis, but he looks like he has a chance to be right on that elite tier like Revis was. So to have both of these guys together in their prime is phenomenal. And now you add those young pass rushers like Will McDonald, Jermaine Johnson, and Bryce Huff, plus Carl Lawson, who has now had an entire year to recover. That has the makings of a very special defense if everything goes according to plan. A big if, but still, they have the personnel to make that happen now. Yeah, and, and to even to, to, to add to that, you know, I was thinking about this just a couple of days ago, and it's really hard to hard to wrap your head around because of how bad this team has been for so long. Not just not just with Sauce and Quinnen, um, you know, of course they have youth on their side, but you look at you know we've talked for years about premium positions and how the Jets have just lacked talent there. Right now, they have some of you could argue at multiple premium positions they have guys who are sort of top five ten. And then, you know, in terms of, you know, with Sauce, with Quinnen, with Aaron Rodgers. And then you look at, you look at guys like Jermaine Johnson, whose numbers didn't blow you out of the water last year. But if you look at it on a per snap basis, he was really good against the run and the pass. And you have Will McDonald, who has a ton of potential. We don't know what he'll bring, but we know what he, you know, we know from a physical tool standpoint what he could become. You mentioned Carl Lawson. So you look at, you look at Lawson, you look at McDonald. You look at, you know, we've talked about Huff, how, yes, he's a part-time guy, but he is a difference maker off that edge. He forces quarterbacks to get rid of the ball. And you look at Rodgers, you look at Garrett Wilson at receiver. Like, these are the premium positions that for so many years the Jets have had bottom-of-the-barrel talent. And I think if you stack that up against other teams and said, look, what are the premiums? Corner, receiver, quarterback, edge rusher and you say edge but really it's just guy who can get to the quarterback i don't care if it's the dt or the d end or the edge if the guy's getting 10 12 sacks you got a guy who can get to the quarterback so the jets have that and potentially if jj makes that leap if mcdonald is as good as advertised they're gonna have it in spades and that's why look you know that's why i'm so bullish on this team is because at the key positions, they have young elite performers and the guys who haven't proven they can be elite. They've shown they have the tools to be elite and they're going to get a chance to show that this year. Glenn, you hit on something that's important. People talk about premium positions and they say edge rusher, but really it's pass rusher. There are very few interior players that are elite pass rushers. And when you can get one, they are worth their weight in gold. Bill Belichick has talked about this numerous times. Having a guy that can get to the quarterback up the middle is incredibly important because not only is that a guy that can make the quarterback incredibly uncomfortable in a way that maybe an edge rusher doesn't, but also you've got a guy that can get to the quarterback even faster and it opens things up for the edge rusher and it also makes life much easier for the defensive backs who now have to cover for far less time. And if you look at the trajectory of Quentin Williams, when you watch this tape at Alabama, what you saw was a guy that was an elite run stuffer, 
and an elite pass rusher. And there are very few of those guys, period, but there are extremely few of them who are interior defensive linemen. You could count them on one hand. And so Quinn Williams last year, he had shown you flashes. You had seen bits and pieces of greatness, but he put it all together last year. And as far as an all-around player at the position, he was lights out. And if you think back to what Chuck Smith said, Chuck Smith, of course, one of the best pass rushers of the 90s, now works with a lot of pass rushers that are coming into the league, one of the more renowned private pass rush coaches. He's worked with the Jets before in training camps and such. Jamal Westerman, who is now a coach at Rutgers, former New York Jet, CFL legend, and who's been on the show many times, has told stories about Chuck Smith and has done impressions of him as well, really funny impressions. And Chuck Smith was asked about Quentin Williams when he wasn't quite at the elite level early on. And what Chuck Smith said was that 3-4 scheme that he was stuck under with the Jets under Greg Williams was doing him no favors. He was stunting, he was two-gapping, and it was not conducive to what Quentin Williams did best. He said, put him in a 4-3 and let him attack, and he is going to be one of the best players in the NFL He's going to be a dominant pass rusher and a dominant run stuffer. And that's exactly what we saw last year. And so you put that piece back here for the Jets for the next couple of years and an emerging sauce gardener, DJ Reed, who's got a couple of years left on his deal and was tremendous last year. We talked about the pass rushers, John Franklin Myers, who was very effective, multiple points last year at a variety of different spots. And again, the Jets should have no trouble getting to the quarterback, and they should have no trouble covering those wide receivers. So having Quentin Williams here, incredibly important for that Jets defense. The key piece, they got it done, and now we're going to get an opportunity to see how this defense continues to evolve with guys like Quentin Williams entering his prime and Sauce Gardner continuing to only get better each year, you would assume. Yeah, and that's a terrible job by me. I didn't even mention John Franklin Myers, who I often – uh, find myself defending because there are a lot of fans who, you know, they feel that, oh, ever since he got his contract, he hasn't been as good. And I think, listen, like, like watch the film. The guy, people, people love to say, oh, well, so what? He had, you know, 43 quarterback hits. He only had, he only had so many sacks. You know, he's taking plays off. Like you don't luck into quarterback hits. Those things don't just happen. Like you have to work your tail off just as hard as you do for a sack to get to the quarterback and hit him. Whether you're getting there a tenth of a second later, that's not lazy. Like you're not being lazy and hitting the quarterback 40 times. John Franklin Myers is an, a, a guy who impacts games just that, you know, fans don't see it on the, on the fantasy stats. So they don't see it. They don't think it's happening, but another really good player on that D line. They've added some free agents who can do some damage up front. And as you said, you know, Bill Belichick, and we've heard others say it. What would, what did Parcells used to say, right? The planet theory, like how many guys on the planet are there that can be this size and move this fast. And when you get that guy who can get, you know, as you said, that that's the quickest route to the quarterback, right? Point A to point B, the guy right over the center is the guy who can get there the fastest if he can beat the man in front of him. So when you have a guy who can do that, you pay up and we're seeing it now i saw a tweet earlier from over the cap uh saying that there are now more interior d linemen making over 24 million a year than there are edge rushers making over 24 million a year yeah it's really amazing how that continues to evolve and we see this all the time in football where trends change and you see teams adapting 
and doing things differently. And the Jets are right in there with the rest of these guys who are getting paid. Guys like Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons, those teams, the Titans, the Giants took care of their guy. We saw Deron Payne get a big contract from Washington. So we're going to get into the numbers and how they stack up with guys like that in a second. But first, I just want to talk about Quinn and Williams a little bit and the genesis of all this because, Glenn, I know you remember this. In the lead up to the 2019 draft, I remember starting to do my homework on the players and Quinn and Williams' name kept coming up. And I just didn't really want the Jets to take Quinn and Williams because how many interior defensive linemen can a team take that early? It was getting ridiculous. They'd taken Muhammad Wilkerson. They had taken Sheldon Richardson. They had taken Quentin Copels. They had taken Leonard Williams only a few years before. And so how much could you invest at that position? And I remember Chris Walker, my buddy who, of course, is my co-founder over at playlikeajet.com. He called me and he goes, man, Quentin Williams and Nick Bosa, those are the two elite players in this draft. I'm like, I don't give me Quentin Williams. I don't want to talk about Quentin Williams. Mm -hmm. And So he said, no, I'm telling you, he's really, really good. I said, fine, whatever. I'm sure he's great. I don't want him because the Jets don't need another interior defensive lineman. Mm -hmm. And then over our friend Joe Blewett over at Jets X Factor, and he shot me a text and he said, I'm studying these guys, and Quinton Williams is out of this world. I think he might be the best player in this draft. He said he's got eight different ways to win in the pass rush game. He's an elite run defender. This guy could be one of the best players in the NFL within the next few years. And I said, oh, come on, really? You're going to make me look at one of these interior defensive <laughs> Trust me, just watch him and let me know what you think. I went and started watching his film, and I was absolutely blown away. I went from the Jets can't draft Quinton Williams to the Jets better draft Quinton Williams. And so I started getting loud about it, and Joe Blewett was as well. Luke Grant, who does the All-22 stuff for us over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikejet. He was very, very loud about Quinton Williams as well. And so you look back at it, and you say everything that we saw in the film – with Quinn Williams coming out of Alabama is what you eventually got to see in spurts with the Jets and then finally for a full season last year. But I remember a lot of people were coming at me. He's not that good. He's not even as good as Ed Oliver. You got to take Josh Allen, the edge rusher. They need an edge rusher. You don't win with interior pass rush. And I was just saying, look, watch the tape. This guy's incredible. And if you went back and watched, Joe Blewett was 100% right. He had like eight different ways to win. His hand placement, his hand movement was incredible. His versatility on the pass rush was unreal. His pass rush plan was tremendous. For a guy who only had one year as a starter at Alabama, he was as polished as you could be. And I remember watching him against the run too. There was this one play, and Brett Coleman highlighted this. They were playing LSU. And there was a play in the backfield where – he diagnosed a misdirection play, and not only did he not bite on it, but he chased the running back all the way across the field and knocked him out of bounds, causing him to not get any yardage and forcing an eventual LSU punt. Just him being able to diagnose that when nobody else on the field could was incredible. And so you watch that and you said, this guy's an elite talent. Now, remember Nick Bosa and Quentin Williams really standing out to me and me saying, look, if these rumors are true, Arizona will pick a quarterback in the top 10 for the second year in a row with Kyler Murray going number one a year after Josh Rosen went number 10 overall to Arizona. 
then that means the Jets are going to be sitting at three and either Bosa or Williams is going to fall into their lap. They got to take those guys. They're so far ahead of everybody else in this draft. If you don't take one of those guys, you're making a huge mistake. You're overthinking it. You're trading down for the sake of trading down. Don't do it. Sit at number three and take whoever's left. And sure enough, the smoke was real. And Kyler Murray went number one. And I remember watching the draft in my living room. And right after Kyler Murray gets picked, I get a phone call from Joe Blewett, who I knew was in Canada and was proposing to his girlfriend that night. And so he calls me and I said, Joe, what are you calling me for? Aren't you supposed to be getting engaged? He goes, yeah, we lost signal. I can't monitor the draft. I can't even get an Uber. We have to walk back to the hotel from the restaurant. I need you to tell me what's going on. Thank God you picked up the phone. I said, well, okay, first things first. Did she say yes? He goes, of course she said yes. Now tell me what's going on in the draft. So I told him that Murray had gone first and he was like, "Mm, interesting. So I had talked to Chris Nimbley earlier in the day. I texted him asking him what he was hearing and Nimbley called me. He was at Smash Burger and it was before he was heading over to Florham Park. And I started running by the scenarios and asking what was going on. And he said the Bills had been reasonably aggressive trying to move up from number nine to number three. And everybody assumed it was to take Quinn and Williams. And I said, oh, man, if the Jets trade down with the Bills and I have to watch Quinn and Williams rip Sam Darnold's head off twice a year for the next decade, I am going to be very, very unhappy. And I said, are they really considering doing this? He said, yeah, they definitely are. If they can get a good enough deal, I think they'd like to move down. They don't love the value of the pick. They'd like to pick up extra picks. And I said, no, that's a huge mistake. They need to sit at number three and take Quentin Williams or Nick Bosa. So now with Kyler Murray off the board and the Niners there at number two, we're seeing how this plays out. And I'm talking to Joe Blewett and Nick Bosa goes off the board at number two. So we're saying, oh man, they better not trade this pick. They better sit there at number three and take the best guy available, which is Quentin Williams, who was far and away the best player there. There were two elite prospects in this draft as far as Joe and I were concerned, Bosa and Williams. Take one and say thank you to the football gods, right? And so Blewett says to me, what's going on? And I say, well, the clock is ticking, waiting to see if they're making a trade or what they're going to do. And then all of a sudden it said, pick is in. And so... I'm thinking to myself, well, they didn't trade the pick. So are they going to pick Quinn and Williams or are they going to do something foolish here? Are they going to take somebody like Josh Allen because he's an edge rusher, even though I don't think he's anywhere near as good of a player? Are they going to reach for somebody else? And so Joe and I are talking and Joe's like, put the phone up to the TV, put the phone up to the TV. I'm like, all right. So Roger Goodell comes to the podium and he says with the third pick in the 2019 NFL draft, the New York Jets select Quinn and Williams, defensive lineman, Alabama. And I started hollering. I think my neighbors probably thought I had committed some sort of murder. <laughs> Joe screaming at the top of his lungs on the streets of Canada. I'm pretty sure some Mountie probably came by and asked him if everything was okay. Might've threatened to arrest him. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but we were both so happy. And then I did the podcast with Chris Nimbley afterwards. And we talked about all the rumors and how the Jets had thought about moving out of the spot, but just didn't get the right value. And so they took Quinn and Williams. And I remember Chris Nimbley and I saying, look, there are a lot of Jets fans that don't like this pick because they don't like the idea of the Jets taking an interior defensive lineman. But one day you're going to look back on this pick and say, thank God the Jets stayed at number three and took Quinn and Williams. And I'll say this, and I said this to you before we started recording, Glenn. Mike McCagney was fired not long after the NFL draft. 
I have no idea what Joe Douglas would have done sitting at number three. Would he have taken Quinnen or tried to trade down? What we do know is that Mike McCagnin, before he was fired, had a terrible draft in 2019. But the one thing he did right was stay at number three and take Quinnen Williams and hallelujah for that. And the words that Chris Nimbley and I said that night, you may not like this pick now, but I promise one day you are going to learn to love it. And you will say, thank God the Jets didn't trade down and they stayed at number three and took Quinn and Williams. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a Jets fan that would disagree with that statement now. Yeah, listen, it was, um, I remember that well because, you know, I felt the same way when you described at the, the beginning there that it's like, oh God, not another interior D lineman. Like you can't keep doing it. Like I know the, the past doesn't predict the future, but it just Jets fans sort of had had enough of every, every interior D lineman. Every guy was going to be great. And I, you know, I wanted the edge guy early on. And then at, the more you watch Quinn and Williams, I was like, you know what? I think this might be the pick. Um, I think he might be the better player. And I remember, and I just, I just found my old tweet and I retweeted it out. I remember. His it was his third NFL game because he missed one or two games, uh, like week two or three, something like that, of his rookie year. Um, and he was back on the field, I think week four or five. So it was only his third pro game against the Cowboys, and he had a couple of dominant reps against Zach Martin. And I'm thinking this kid is two or three games out of college, and he's he's having plays where he's manhandling one of the top interior linemen in the NFL. He's going to be fine. He was the right pick. And when I saw people, listen, I. I should stop getting so worked up about it, but we see it all the time. And when, when I saw people writing him off as a bust after five games, 10 games, after a year, after almost a year and a half, and I'm just like, I don't know how people get to that point in their minds where like a young 20, 21 year old kid learning his way in the league is showing flashes of absolute dominance, how you just think that's it and he's never going to get any better. We've seen Quinn and Williams get better from year to year. The pick, and listen, if you remember this, Scott, this was a big story, and I almost did an article on it um, a few weeks ago. I ended up not writing it. I still might, to be honest. Um, you know, as, as the saying goes, right, sometimes the best move is the one you don't make. And not long after Joe Douglas was hired, I believe it was Rappaport, it was a legit report, saying that teams were offering Joe Douglas multiple premium picks for Quinn and Williams, and he wasn't – Joe Douglas wouldn't pull the trigger. So I have a feeling – you know, Quinnen hadn't done a whole lot in the league up to that point. I have a feeling he he saw in Quinnen Williams what a lot of people saw, and I think he there's a good chance he would have been the pick, uh, based on the fact that he was turning. I th- I want to say the the report was that it was multiple ones that teams were offering, and Joe Douglas was turning teams away. Thank goodness he did. Thank goodness Quinnen you know, has developed into being the player that he has, and now he gets his payday, well-deserved. Great job by Nicole Lynn, his agent, getting him a ton of guaranteed money, $66 million guaranteed. It's been fun to watch the kid grow. And, Pete, you know, we hear all the time people say the Jets don't keep their own talent. And to that I always say that's because they rarely have talent worth keeping. Like, what do, what do you want them to do, re-sign guys for the sake of it? Like, if they have players worth keeping around, they'll keep them around. And we just saw them do it. Woody Johnson, I feel, has always gotten a – you know, say what you will about Woody Johnson – but when coaches tell him there's a guy worth paying, Woody Johnson will pay. And he's done it many times over. It's just that for a long time they haven't had a guy worth paying. This time they do. They get it done. 
Quinn is locked up for the next four years. And now we uh, now we wait on news on the Rodgers contract. I believe the report you're referencing was Quinn and Williams' second year. So it would have been the year after Joe Douglas was tired. And I think the report was that they've been offered multiple premium picks. I don't think they were offered more than one first-round pick. Nobody knows the extent of the offer. But obviously, Joe Douglas decided not to trade Quinn and Williams. As you said, sometimes the best moves are the ones that you don't make. And the thing that is tremendous about Quinn and Williams is that you knew coming out of Alabama that he had the potential to be special because I talked about the run defense. I talked about his ability in the pass rush, but he was also an outstanding athlete whose technique was already top level. So his ceiling was very high and his floor was also very high. Mm -hmm. So that's the rare combination that you get. Nick Bosa also very high ceiling, very high floor. Those two guys had that combination. You don't get that very often. And so you've got to strike and take advantage of something like that. And to your point, by the way, Glenn, about re-signing players, this is the first first round pick that the Jets have signed to a multi-year extension since Muhammad Wilkerson. That was a long time ago. Wilkerson was drafted in 2011 and signed after 2015. That tells you a lot about how the Jets have drafted since then, this is the first guy that Douglas has really given a big extension to that the Jets have drafted as well. Mike McCagnan and Mike Tannenbaum just did a terrible job of drafting. I suppose the Jets would have extended Jamal Adams, but again, it goes back to what we were talking about, Glenn, the premium position. Mm-hmm. Quinn Williams, even though technically interior defensive line is not thought of as a premium position, if you have an elite pass rusher there, it is a premium position. Safety, not a premium position. So moving Jamal Adams rather than paying him on a team that was in dire need of guys that can make an impact at the premium positions, particularly somebody that could cover a corner and get to the quarterback, that was the prudent move, especially considering what they were able to get. And that move paid major dividends for the New York Jets. In fact, I would argue that a big part of the reason that they're in the spot they're in right now is because of that Jamal Adams trade. Let's get into the money here, Glenn. Quinn and Williams, as you said, four years, $96 million. So when it comes to a per year value, he is second now after only Aaron Donald, who got a three-year $95 million deal. He was just above Jeffrey Simmons with the Titans. Dexter Lawrence with the Giants, Deron Payne with Washington. All three of those guys got major extensions this offseason. So it's just a matter of time before Quinnen got his. $66 million is technically the most guaranteed money at signing for any interior defensive lineman in NFL history. Although, if you look at the practical nature of the guarantees, Aaron Donald really got a fully guaranteed $95 million contract because there's basically no way that the Rams could get out of that deal and avoid paying Aaron Donald. So even though technically Quinn and Williams got the most guaranteed money at signing, Aaron Donald still in reality got the most guaranteed money, but that's okay because Aaron Donald is the best interior defensive lineman of all time. So you wouldn't have expected Quinn and Williams to get more money than him. But ultimately, Glenn, when you have the opportunity to lock up a 25-year-old player who is elite, and can do what Quentin Williams does, getting after the passer, and not only that, but really setting the tone, being the leader on that defense, and a guy that can be the centerpiece of that unit for the next few years while the Jets, in theory, chase a championship with Aaron Rodgers here. They had to do it. 
They'll figure out how they can balance the contracts. That's what cap guys are for. But this was a move that needed to be made. Like I said, it's right in line with what the other big defensive linemen got this year in the offseason. From Dexter Lawrence with the Giants to Jeffrey Simmons with the Titans to Deron Payne with Washington. And I will also say Quinn will probably not be second in average annual value or guaranteed at signing money for long at that position because Chris Jones on the Chiefs still needs to sign an extension. So when that happens, Jones will probably get more than Quinn and Williams. But for now, a big payday for Quinn and Williams. The Jets get their guy. And if you're a Jets fan, you've got to be thrilled. The organization has to be very happy. And as I said on Twitter and tweeted it at Woody Johnson, $66 million in cash well spent. Yeah, I think uh, I think my favorite thing about this so far, Scott, um, that I in terms of the money that I've seen on Twitter, I haven't seen a ton of it, but I've already seen a few folks who are sort of, uh, you know, oh, I called it, I I said that was the range he was going to be in, and I just looked at it and thought, is it that the exact range every single person said this contract would land in? I think you know when we talked about it, when you know I talked about it on on Jet Nation Radio, you and I talked about it. I think. The sort of consensus among anyone who was paying attention was this is going to be somewhere in the four years, 100 million ballpark. It may not hit 100 million. It may be 103, but I think that's what everyone was kind of guessing. I know Connor Hughes said there were some issues with, uh, you know, there were some years questions that Quinnen wanted four, the Jets wanted five. I think, I think four was always the most likely. That's what everybody was getting. Um, you know, I, I, the only way I could have seen five is if the Jets gave him a ton more guaranteed money. But listen, it's, it's a huge hit, but you know, th- listen, the Jets finally have some players worth paying. So, you know, that you're going to have to pay premium money for premium players. And that is exactly what Quinn and Williams is. I think the, the cap hit as, you know, as, as someone commented when I went live earlier, you know, these cap hits, as, as the cap goes up, it's going to, in, in two years, it's going to seem like a bargain. Um, you know, after a couple guys, as you said, Chris Jones is the big one. He'll get a monster contract, but I'm not worried about the money. I think, you know, he got exactly in the ballpark that everyone said he would. And his agent, as I said, Nicole Lynn did a good job of getting him a, a huge guaranteed portion, 66 million. So you couldn't be happier for, and, and listen, let's talk about, you know, take a second here. Quinn and Williams, the person he's one of those people. And listen, we can all be wrong from time to time, but. The first couple interviews I saw him in, I was like, how likable is this kid? Like, just a fun-loving, good human being is what he came across as. And to me, there's something about those guys that have that genuine, you know, not not putting it on for the cameras, like genuinely happy, smiling when the cameras are on, and then ripping people's heads off between the white lines. I, guys who can do that, absolutely love it. Quinnen. Good player, you know, great player, great person, and uh, or at least you know that's what he appears to be from as an outsider looking in. So always love to see great players who are also great people get their payday. Quinnen got his, couldn't be happier, and Jets fans should be absolutely psyched. Paying elite players at premium positions, top dollar, is not a bad thing. The issue is when you overpay mediocre players, yes. especially. Positions that are not premium positions. That's an issue that the Jets have faced in the past. That is not the case here with Quinn and Williams. So every Jets fan should be happy. By the way, in most sports, 
The argument would be over how many years in the opposite direction, where the team would want fewer years mm-hmm. and the player would want more years. But because of the way NFL contracts work, we know that a five-year or a four-year deal is really a glorified two-year deal. And so if you're Quinn and Williams, you want fewer years because you want those years that are guaranteed to be there. But after that, you want your freedom, whereas the team wants their freedom to basically have an option on you every single year. Now, Quinn and Williams, if he continues on his trajectory, will have an opportunity to hit free agency and get a second big payday if he continues to produce the way that he has produced so far. So that's where the Jets are at right now. They're all pro defensive linemen. They're all pro pass rusher at 25 years old in his prime is locked in until 2027. A great day for the Jets organization and a great day for Jets fans. And as you said, Glenn, now we wait to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers contract. And we wait to see if the Jets make another move. Perhaps Dalvin Cook is in the cards we shall see. Glenn Naughton, the editor over at JetNation.com. Thanks so much for joining me and going over this breaking news about Quinn and Williams signing his contract extension, four years, $96 million, $66 million guaranteed, keeping him here until 2027. Really appreciate it. For those who want to check out everything you're doing over at JetNation.com, what do you got going on over there? And what do you got planned for Jet Nation Radio? Yeah, check us out at JetNation.com. Check out our forums. As I always say, most active independent Jets message board on the web. Uh, million hits, thousands of posts every single month uh, continuously, and especially with the season coming, it's going to get pretty busy on there. You can get me at AceFan23 on – I'm sorry, no longer. At – at what is it? JNRadio underscore Glenn on Twitter. Um, I will be – I will be going live on Jet Nation Radio. You can, or sorry, I, I will be going live on our YouTube channel, on our Twitter, um, as news breaks for the Jets. Thursday nights, we have Dylan Terman and Chris Schubert of the Draft Network doing their thing, breaking down the latest news for the Jets. So, uh, plenty going on. Check us out. As I said, JetNation.com. Give us a follow on Twitter, uh, like and subscribe on YouTube and, and football's almost here, man. Sure is. I'm really looking forward to training camp, which is coming up in a couple of days. Then we've got the preseason. Of course, the Hall of Fame game is going to open the preseason. And the regular season is just around the corner, Glenn. We're only a couple of months away. So make sure you check out everything Glenn's doing over at JetNation.com. Check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns, including one of Quinn and Williams from the 2022 season. If you forgot how dominant Quinn and Williams was in 2022, we can remind you on our YouTube channel. Watch our videos, including that one over at youtube.com slash play like a jet and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee Today's a good day to order your John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt in honor of the new Quinn and Williams contract extension. You can also get yourself a play like a jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's tee And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. <laughs>